It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We're live downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. This show is brought to you by DraftKings. We'll start this hour talking a little golf. Indy Jeff Seeley joins the program now. You can follow him on X. He is at Cutmaker Jeff. Also, the Cutmaker Pod is back. It's going to be up a little bit later on today. I will tell you, Jeff, as we've talked about a lot, I mean, it's difficult hitting an outright weekly in golf. I mean, if you hit a couple or a handful throughout the entire calendar year, you should feel fortunate because they're so tough. An example, uh, I text you back and forth during the tournament last week. I added Jordan Spieth at 25 to 1. And it's you're going to get the good and the bad with him every single event. And he's cruising along, and then he hits that one in the bunker, and then it's pretty much over with. So that was dead. However, your placement uh, recommendations last week absolutely made up for that. I think pretty much every guy you gave out, I think top 20 in that range, they all got there, man. Congrats. No, thanks, man. And, and again, that, that's why you play him, right? And I think that's what the important thing, as I mentioned last week, you know, I play top 20s for a full unit, top 10s for a half, top fives for a quarter, and then, you know, maybe a tenth of a unit or two tenths of a unit on an outright. So as we talk about these plays, that's the way to profit on these things. And, and you know, look, yeah, we're going to completely miss on a guy on, on occasion, mm-hmm. but more often than not, if, if they're in that, that top 20 range, um, you know, it, all they can do is get top 20, you book a profit, and then the rest is gravy. Sure. And again, there's nothing wrong with cashing a plus 150 or a two to one or whatever that number might be. And it's a great four day sweat over an entire golf tournament. You were high on Eric Cole last week. It got there in the placement markets again. Are you going to go back to war with him again this week? Absolutely, guys. I mean, again, every, everything I like about Eric Cole this week, last week I like this week, only the difference is this week he doesn't have to worry about driving. I mean, he's the best approach player in the field over the last 24 rounds. He's 12th in putting from 10 to 20 feet, which is really a key distance this week. And he's 13th on Bermuda Greens. Again, he was, he was 14th last week despite losing three strokes off the tee in a tournament where Max Homa hit a 475-yard drive, right? So we're, we're not going to have that. We're not going to worry about that this week. A lot of guys won't even hit driver. And honestly, the, the highest compliment I can pay Eric Cole is I feel like he's become the new Webb Simpson. So, you know, you got a guy, he has top fives, guys, in four of his last six events. This is a guy who has elite approach game and is an absolutely fantastic putter. This is a course where you, where I would normally play Webb Simpson, 25 to 1, happy to have Eric Cole. And, again, I'm playing him top 20 plus 140, top 10 plus 300. But, I'm you know, full unit top, top 20, half unit top 10, quarter unit top 5, you know, and then, again, piece of money for the rest. So, Cole, um, for sure, I think he's easily a, a tremendous play. A little bit lower on the board. Um, you see uh, um, Aubert. I like Aubert. Obviously, I'm not playing him outright this week, um, but I am going to play him in matchups where I can get minus 110 or even money. Again, I think l- last week was a little bit of an outlier. Uh, Aubert is he, he's the most, I think, the most talented player in this field. 
How about the history of this tournament going back where bombs seem to hit at a crazy rate? Oh, guys, it's nuts. Like the last five winners here were 50 to 1, 18 to 1, 65, 50, and 40. So don't be afraid to take some swings on some guys in that range. And we'll talk about a few more guys up the board. One I think is probably the most undervalued by a mile. Um, and then we'll talk to some other true bombs. I think guys, there are some guys in the 100 to 20, 100 to 80 range that we can get fantastic top 20 prices on. You think, is this going to be like last week where it's like 28 under wins it again? No, I don't, I don't think it'll be that. Yeah, I don't think it'll be quite that bad um, just because you're not going to feel people aren't going to be driving the green as much, right? You're going to have to make some more 10 footers than than normal. Um, where last week it was just, you know, there was a ton of eagle, eagle putts, everything else. I don't think we'll see quite as many this week. I think, you know, 20, 20 to 1 could win. That, that, that would make sense. But last week was just a shootout. Okay. How about Thigala? Yeah, guys, Thigala. I mean, after breaking in the scene, with a third-place finish in Waste Management 2022, Sigal played 50 events, and I don't think he's getting nearly the credit he deserves because in those 50 events, he has seven top 20s, four top 10s, eight top fives, and a win. To put it in context, he would finish top five or better in 18% of his, of his events. That's the same as Justin Thomas. He has the same number of top fives as Colin Morikawa, yet when you look at the pricing of the board, they're, they're not even remotely close in how they would be, they'd be priced. Last week we saw Figala finish second, gaining almost three strokes on approach and four strokes putting. Guys, he has gained four strokes or more putting in eight of his last 15 of events, and he gains nearly a stroke every single round on field of putting. And so you get a guy who hits the ball as well as Thigala does with a putter that's absolutely on fire, the top, you know, top 20 plus 170 and feels like an absolute gift and 30 to one on Thigala. I'm absolutely in. Um, and I also played him over Putnam in the tournament matchup. I just think I'm going to continue to bet him. I'm going to continue to play him. And, and as long as this putter stays hot, he's never out of any event. I'll run this by you because every time I watch one of these tournaments, it seems like Thigala is in the mix or he's close and he's, you know, has a chance to somehow finish either like top five or maybe win the thing. If you shop around, you can find this market, and it, and it's will this golfer win a major in 2024? So you get all four majors, one number. That's it. His number I found at 16 to one. Do you think Thigala is worth betting to win a major this year at that number, or would you need a little bit more? No, I, I, I absolutely do, and I think he's live at the Masters. I think he's live at the PG. I mean, I, I think really any of the U.S. The U.S. majors, I think he's very live. Um, so yeah, I, I I like that number a lot, and and I you know I I mentioned Obear and the same thing, but I bet Obear's odds are probably a fraction of that. So um, I yeah I know I I love Tigala, and I think he's a I, he's just I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on him more all year. You're gonna see a lot more of these because uh, I still think he's con- continually undervalued. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Indy Jeff Seeley. He's on X at Cutmaker Jeff, and uh, his podcast, the Cutmaker Podcast, is going to be out a little bit later on today. Let's go down the board a little bit more from T. Gala then. Who do you look at? Who are you looking at in that like 40 to 50 to 1 range? Yeah, guys, I played Adam Svensson at 60 to 1 earlier in the week. He's 40 to 1 now, which I still think you can bet. He's solid off the tee. His approach game has been very sharp, and his putter can get hot, having gained two or more strokes putting in four of his last ten events. Um, the form's there for Svensson. He's finished inside the top 26 in five of his last 11 events. I don't know that he'll win this week, but, again, top 20 at 2-1. to one. Um, I like that a lot, and I'll throw a few bucks on the out right there. I played Svensson over Glover in a tournament matchup. And then, guys, down the board, there's some real bombs. Guys, 130 to 1 or higher. Um, Vince Whaley is plus 450 to finish top 20. Great on and around Bermuda Greens and been sneaky good in the past six months. He has finished 13th or better in three of his last four events. And we're getting him plus 450 top 20. I'm absolutely in on that on Whaley. Plus, he's 130 to 1 if there's a pizza money outright. Uh, Ryan Moore. Five to one top twenty. Ryan Moore has back to back top eight finishes and a thirteenth a few weeks ago. Mm. This is a guy who's had a tremendous career, but this is the first time he's had back to back top tens since two thousand sixteen. So we're getting really good form Ryan Moore 
while he hasn't fared well in the past here, I'm going to ride the form a little bit. And I think this combination of wedge play and putting make a five to one top 20 on a guy with back to back top eight finishes. I'm in. And then lastly, you got Tyler Duncan, 180 to one plus 550 top 20 finished third at the RSM and has two more top 20 finishes this fall. Puts really well on Bermuda. Again, it, think about this, guys. If we were talking, we talk, say this all the time. If we were talking about, like, March Madness, for example, and we were looking at a team that was plus 550, we'd say, oh, my gosh, that's like, to win their region or something. That's tremendous value. All we're asking these guys to do is finish inside the top 20. If you bet all three of them and one of them gets there, you made a profit. Yep. Well said. Again, he's on X at Cutmaker Jeff, and uh, the Cutmaker pod is going to be out a little bit later on today while you were uh, off to a good start uh, last week. Let's continue with this week here as they move over to the Sony, Jeff. Thanks, thanks, pal. Best of luck. Appreciate it, fellas. Take care. Yeah, be good. You there you go. He's exactly spot on. So, and the, the, the breakdown there of what he does with the overall units again, when he likes to go top 20, top 10, top 5 overall for uh, smaller units on the outrights, that's how you do it. And again, I know people love to cash the 30, 40, 50 to ones. Who doesn't? They're great. Difficult to do in golf or any sport. And uh, I'll gladly take a top 20 at plus 140 or higher, or whatever that number might be. So I, I did watch a lot of that tournament last week, even though we had, you know, a zillion other things going on. That was a joke, I know. I had Cantley, wasn't even. It's just, yeah, 29 under. Eesh. That's too much for me. It's too easy of a tournament. Yeah, it's a joke. However, they do start it off with a bang playing in Maui there, Kapalua. And people who are watching and betting this stuff in like freezing parts of the country, they're like, uh, that looks pretty yeah. awesome right well, now. Yeah, Wish right. I could be there. Yeah. But again, I, I had Spieth, and it's just, you, you need to, that guy has given me higher blood pressure over the years than, well, easily any other golfer and like almost any other athlete in sports, just because it's the same thing every single time. Oh, look at this. He missed, he, he's off into the rough by 40 yards. How is he going to get out of this one? Oh, look at this. Somehow he gets out of it with a, a hybrid, and he's 14 feet from the pin. Like, how'd that happen? I don't know. Only Jordan Spieth. And then he's cruising along. It's birdie, 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 birdie. And then he hits it into the bunker, and he's completely stuck because it's against the, the wall of the bunker. Good luck getting out of that one. Should maybe tell myself, if I bet the guy, you know, don't even watch yeah, right. or just... It's like Adam Scott, can't make a putt. Yeah, like settle down, pal, because it's right. going to go bonkers at some point, so learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. And he's been around now for a long enough time to, like, you know, lesson learned should be the case here. It's Follow the Money on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. We will get into tonight's NBA card up next. We have a lot of good matchups on the board, uh, including this fascinating breakdown of the Wolves and the Celtics. And please talk me out of fading this team again tonight. That's next here on Visa. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a limited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. We're both on the Chiefs. Humans likes the under. Some props we like as well that we'll get to, and I'm also on the Browns for more VEASAN Pro picks. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Follow the money. Code will give you 10% off the annual subscription. Use the promo code FTM. FTM, get 10% off. Get up there now, VEASAN.com. All right, so we do have a good rematch tonight in the NBA. It was a uh, fierce battle. The only other time these two teams played this season in Minneapolis as the Wolves got the Celtics in overtime of that game. And here is the tweet to keep in mind for tonight. Sean Grandy pointed this out, play-by-play man for the Boston Celtics. The T-Wolves will not be able to fly to Boston last night from Orlando because of the inclement weather in the Northeast. They are now scheduled to land in Boston Early this afternoon, about seven, six, seven hours before tip is when they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. So now that's not us sitting here telling you, you got to bet the Celtics minus seven because of that. Not what we're doing. We're pointing out how difficult uh, of a spot this might be for the Wolves. And I'm sure we'll find out later on today exactly what the Wolves plan is going to be in terms of they again, they just played last night in, in Orlando. They crushed the magic. Yeah, that's very important. So well, the game was over early. Right. They were up. I think they were up 25 at the half or something ridiculous. So you got to, you guys didn't have to play extended minutes. Mm-hmm. So now maybe, usually you just punt on the game and not play anybody. But then, as Julian mentioned, what happens to Boston now here, too, with uh, some guy? And, and Tatum didn't play in the loss against Indiana the other night. So yeah. they're coming off a loss, and you also have the revenge angle. But, you know, it's, it's a perilous trade here with the NBA, especially this early in the morning. Yeah, I will, I will point out. The Wolves uh, overall on the year, they're 16, 17, and 2 ATS. The market is adjusted with how well they played. Tough time covering those numbers. They're 8 and 11 ATS on the road. They're 0 and 2 with no rest, and they're 0 3 and 1 ATS with the rest disadvantage on the year. Yeah. Which is the case in this game tonight. Yeah. Well, you're going to lose some games here. Uh, it, was, it was a great run that they were on and a huge win last night, but you lost to Dallas. You lost at New Orleans. You were down 20 against the Knicks and lost that game. Yep. So now with some tough games coming up, now we'll see as you got Denver breathing down your neck as you're trying to uh, win that division and also try to grab a top two seed in the West. This is a team I was talking about before the break. The 76ers are at the Hawks. No Embiid tonight. Sixers on the year, 23-12 and 12 ATS, third best mark in the NBA. They are 10-6 and 6 ATS on the road. The Hawks have been miserable they are 8-27 against the spread on the year, 23% worse in the NBA. They are 2-12 ATS at home. And it's, by the way, not even close. They're by far and away the worst team in the NBA against the spread. At, uh, at home, they're 11-3 to the over, and they're 22-13 to the over despite having these super high totals anyway. The Sixers are 21-14 to the over on the year. I've bet against the Hawks twice this year. <laughs> Lost both times. Yep. Well, as bad as it's been, they're only a game out of the play-in game, in the, which is the 10 seed. So Toronto just traded OG. They'll probably make another move. But still, it's not... Yeah. But this is still Atlanta's going to be able to figure to make it a play-in at least, which still is a disappointing year considering the expectations they had. But then again, I can't fell, f- believe I fell for this crap again after they got me last year. So just a disaster so far in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, I, 
Philly still has a talented team. Sure. Even though you don't have, have Embiid. So, again, we're, a lot of teams are going to make moves here coming up with the deadline that Friday, February 9th, before the Super Bowl. And Atlanta's going to move pieces. And Philly's going to add some people. Yeah, so, Atlanta. But, but so this uh, Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be crazy. Yeah. Philly will add a piece. Who knows what the Knicks will even though the Knicks are hot. Boston's a freight train. Uh, Bucks having issues now, but it's still going to be a tough out. Orlando's a good story, so it's going to be fantastic. And don't don't dismiss the Miami Heat either. Yeah, they'll get Jimmy Butler back at some point, yep, right? Yep. Um, so in this game tonight, Atlanta's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total is 246-and-a-half. I actually might like it over more with no MB. Yeah, because they'll push the ball more. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the Hawks fly up and down. They're horrendous defensively. Yep, right. They have a top-five offense. Yes. And there's a super-fast pace. Oh. So I actually think the total might be a little bit low in this game. I mean, th- these numbers are just eye-popping because you don't – we're not used to this at this point yet overall, like going over the years in the NBA. But I'll, I'll bring up the example again last night. Look at the market move on the Lakers-Raptors total. Open 230.5, got to 238. That had no chance of – now, they played in 86-point fourth quarter, yeah. so it eventually flew over the total. But the Raptors have been a complete over-team since making that trade for Emmanuel Quickly and uh, R.J. Barrett anyway. And now we're starting to see the line. Yep, the screen's lighting up right now. Boston just moved to eight. They went to eight everywhere. That's one of the games. Uh, Spurs just moved to three. And the total in that game is 238. That might not be high enough. Pistons uh, games score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. It, but it's, it's, the, it's a back-to-back to, for them. And again, this is how crazy this sport is. The Kings were laying 11 on the road last night. Yep. They're down by 18. They allowed 47 points in the first quarter. I down by 18. Do- I laid a dollar 60 in play on Detroit money line. I didn't have a chance. No, they're. Tra- I was up 22 points. I laid a dollar 60 in game money line. I got run out. Yep. They I they mean, were trailing at halftime. Oh, Lost. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Down yeah. by 18 yeah. in the first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, you're laying 11, and you won the game by 21. Yeah. 47 first quarter points. You finish with 110. It's I, a debacle. I, yeah, I think it was a 102 to 63 run by Sacramento. Sounds about right. Yep. Sabonis was a beast. I'm, I, I can't, what was, what do you, would you see that? What do you have? Like 37? Oh, he's 30, been 16 and 12 or something. It's stupid that he had. His game I mean, log, uh, like this month, I'll get it here in a second, has just been outrageous what he's doing. Yeah, this was a tough one. I mean, the, the Spurs should beat him. And I agree uh, with but that. But this, again, that prop. As we mentioned briefly, DraftKings have been all over this. Will the Pistons set the record for a futility? Will they win at least 10 games? And Doug Kazarian bet 8-1 to one and loves the under. But, if, I mean, he's, Doug's right. If you can't get games like this, where are the wins coming from? I know it. And you're not playing Cunningham. So I also agree that the uh, the total's too low as well. How he, about the – you have it? I was going to say, here's Sabonis. Yeah. Here's Sabonis in the month of January. Uh, 23-19 and ni- 19 against Charlotte. 22, 23, and 12 against Orlando. 24, 15, and 11 against Toronto. 17, 10, and 6 against New Orleans. 37, 10, and 13 last night. Yeah, it's still, it's you, you just you brought it up with Jeff Seeley. It's like he's still like two to one to get a triple double, plus two fifty, something like that. And that range? You got to take that, right? The run that he's on. Sure. How about the Pelicans against Golden State? As we've talked about, it's a mess with Golden State. No size. Green acting like a buffoon. Um, you also have, we mentioned, this is the most important takeaway I have. Infighting, Kaminga calling out Kerr. Imagine that, the onions on this kid. Uh, but you, you're under 500 and you play 23 teams that are under 500 on the season. So the schedule's been a joke and they're a joke. But the Pelicans are hot. They beat Utah at home. Okay, no big deal. But then you beat the Lakers and ran them out by 20. You beat Brooklyn. You went to Minnesota and won. You had the hiccup Friday night. that just shows you how good the Clippers are playing. At home, Friday night, the Clippers were up 30 in that game. And then they went, to, and then after the tough loss, they went to Sacramento and they led by 50 points on the road. So when it's Zion and McCollum and Ingram, their offensive efficiency, the run they're on, is off the charts. And I don't care. I'm with Julian. If, Edlo, if, uh, if uh, Zion doesn't play, it doesn't scare me off the game. One and a half here. Golden State is a mess right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. they were getting run out the other night against Toronto. Yeah. They are horrible yep. right now. So when Julian Edlow was on the show 45 minutes ago, he was making a great case for the Pelicans. I could not find a first-half bet anywhere here in Las Vegas. So I bet the Pelicans plus a half, half a point when he was on the air. They're now minus one and a half, as you just said. Yeah. I still can't find a first-half yes. bet, but I'm going to keep searching for that and see if I can get down 
uh, maybe before the end of the show here today. But that's beat Detroit at home by four the other night. Oh, they're in, they're in absolutely oh, terrible yeah. form right Chris now. Chris Paul's hurt. The Green situation, the infighting. The, do, the, do I play the young guys? What do I do? The pressure that's on Curry. But as we've talked about many times, this was true of the uh, teams that were winning titles and making and the best team in the league. They were always sloppy Joe with the ball. Oh, drove me nuts. Well, it still continues. Now yeah. you can't. You're not good enough to overcome all these stupid turnovers. Here, here's what they really screwed up. They had a chance to nail it out of the park and keep this dynasty going because they had a ton of picks. Yeah, what? Good point. Wiseman, awful. The, right? the youth Big movement. Bust. Yeah. Totally whiffed on Wiseman, and it appears as if they whiffed on Kaminga and Moody as well. Yeah. Both those guys were taken super high in the same exact draft, and mm-hmm. they had those three yeah. picks back-to-back years, and I, they— And Clay Thompson's cooked. Yeah, it appears that way, and he, he knows it too, he by knows the way. It. He does. He's recently been talking—he's like a—and uh-huh. Kerr's had to like get on him and be like, dude, knock this off. It was an interesting soundbite about stop moaning and— and Right. And be a—set be a, set a um, example for the younger guys sure. and stop worrying about what's happened to you. So—but it's—yeah, uh, you're right. He does know what's over. Yeah, uh, every day at this time, by the way, the market moves in the NBA. The Hawks are down to a one-point favorite now. Some money, as we're talking, coming in on Philadelphia. That dropped uh, one and a half points in the last couple of minutes in that game. There is a lot of nightlife in Atlanta, though. A lot of, lot of, thing, lot of different ways you can get in trouble there. I'll say that. That'd yeah. be the one concern in Philly. Seren Petro is going to join the program coming up next. Longtime radio host in Kansas City. He's covered the Chiefs for a long time. Does he agree with the move here? Chiefs are now a four-point favorite. And what about this total in cold weather? We'll ask him coming up next. Chosen. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas, as always, from the Circa Resort and Casino. We'll go NFL here. Chiefs, Dolphins, Saturday night on Peacock. Seren Petro joins the program now, radio host, WHB in Kansas City. He has uh, covered this team and been on the air there for a long, long time. And uh, word has it, he's been on a couple of games in his life as well. Seren, good to talk to you again. How are you? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm glad uh, glad to know you're, ni- you're next to my money that I left there back in August. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's over at the crap table by the bar. Uh, you know, good times, but it's there. Go get it for me if you guys would. Uh, Ninety minutes from now, I'll go see if I can find that craps table at the end of the show and get it back for you. Um, how cold? How cold is it right now in Kansas City? You know, not too bad. I think we woke up this morning at about 23 degrees, but we are. This is the high. This is the last uh, warm day. We're supposed to get to like 42 or 3 uh, today. Then we plunge back down below freezing uh, the rest of the week, and really it, it, it drops precipitously on Saturday. I mean, we're talking about a game time temperature that people are predicting between 3 and 10 degrees for kickoff, getting uh, colder as the night goes on with some wind involved as well. So it's going to be one of the coldest games the NFL has ever seen. I think it will set the record. Uh, for being the coldest game. I think 11 degrees uh, might be the coldest game that's ever kicked off in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, this one's got a pretty good chance to break that record. Yeah, we were looking at some uh, forecasts a little bit earlier on, and just the way it feels, right, it could get as low as like minus 18, the way it feels to the human body out there on the field. So how how do you think that's going to work for Tua Tungavaiola, a quarterback for the Dolphins, where he is really good at home, but on the road in these conditions, and the point spread moved from three and a half to four yesterday. I know the Chiefs, I mean, look, I don't love laying any points with KC at this point, but it just seems to me like with the weather, all things considered, this is going to be a really tough spot for Miami. Yeah, I was talking to Tim Grunhard yesterday, a, a former Pro Bowl center for the Chiefs, who's played in games that I think were 10 and 11 degrees playoff games. And there have been four Arrowhead playoff games below uh, 20 degrees. Patrick Mahomes has played in two of them. They're the uh, AFC Championship games at 17 and 18 degrees. So he hasn't been down this low, but he's got a little bit more experience. And coming from South Florida, Tim lives down in Florida part of the time. He's like, listen, it's reality. You move to warm weather, your blood thins. You guys know it. I know when I moved to Vegas uh, after you know going to school in Syracuse and coming back to Kansas City. I mean, your, your body changes and adapts and adjusts mm-hmm. to the cold weather. The Chiefs are more ready for it. Tua has never won a game that he started below 48 degrees. So you know, it doesn't mean he can't do it. I watched the Miami Dolphins come in here at the end of the I think it was the 2008 season, the last game that uh, Carl Peterson was the GM. The Dolphins came in. It was a 10-11 degree day that day. And everyone thought the Chiefs would win. Both teams were bad. But the, the Dolphins beat up on them. So it's not a foregone conclusion. Andy Reid has really played it down but I think it's a reality. Two has never experienced what he's going to experience. And I think the wind is a big factor as well. I mean, Mahomes has the bigger arm, should be able to cut through the wind. The windier it is, I think the tougher it will be for Tua. Sure. 
uh, if the Dolphins get Mostert back and they can combine him with A-Chan. A-Chan is awesome. I mean, he averaged you know, more than eight yards per carry. Are the Dolphins going to be able to find success on the ground against this uh, really solid Chiefs defense? I think if you want to say the Dolphins win, now tell me how it happened. It starts with over 200 yards rushing from the Miami Dolphins, and I think that is the weak spot for the Chiefs' defense. Listen, I think the Chiefs are aware that you throw to win and you run when you're winning, so they built a defense to stop the pass. They've got a great depth in the secondary, plus two top-shelf corners in, uh, you know, that they can throw at you, uh, and the, the linebackers cover well, but it's the run game where you can get beat. Now, when they played over in Germany back in Week 9, the Chiefs did a pretty good job of slowing up that Dolphins running attack. And I think they got them behind the chains. The Dolphins only ran for 117 yards uh, in that game. There was no HN in that game. And I think that's the wild card. Is he the difference? I think the Chiefs will have a good run scheme. And I think some of the injuries uh, that the Dolphins have, Waddle, uh, the interior of their offensive line is a problem. But McDaniel does such a great job of coordinating that run game. I think it's an un, uh, underrated and unheralded part of an offensive coordinator's job, the ability to really coordinate a strong running game, create those blocking angles, to help your guys up front. And then he's got a great speed back in A-Chan and a great veteran in Mostert who's not slow himself uh, to take advantage of it. So if the Dolphins are going to win, that's how they're going to do it. It's going to be running the ball. And I think Steve Spagnuolo knows that. And it won't be as easy as it looked at times for the Dolphins last week against the Bills. Yeah, yeah follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guests are M. Petro, WHB in Kansas City, longtime radio host. Also, there's this. The Dolphins had to sign linebackers Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin this week. They also placed Jerome Baker, Cameron Good, and Andrew Van Ginkle on IR. There is a scenario here where, right, I mean, they're just so decimated at key parts of the defense where they're not going to be able to, like, maybe get that running game off the, off the field for Kansas City if they can get Pacheco going. And the passing game, like some of the under, uh, underneath stuff, is working with Mahomes and company. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why you know the, the there's maybe optimism towards the Chiefs. Uh, we were talking off air about you know the line move and some money coming in, or at least the line moving towards the Chiefs. And I I think you know Andy Reid pretty much said Donovan Smith is going to be back at left tackle. He's been out for several weeks. He's not great. He's solid. Um, you know he needs a little help against a pure speed rusher. Well, that's not what he's going to face. He'll be just fine in there. And they get better at left tackle. McCole Hardman came back in the scrimmage against the Chargers last week. He had seven catches. He's not perfect, but we know that they've had problems at the wide receiver position. The MBS can't catch. Kadarius Toney can't catch. Sky Moore can't catch. So if you can leave those three on the sidelines and have the rookie Rashi Rice, who's been really good, McCole Hardman to uh, stretch the defense really vertically. He doesn't track the ball well deep, but he does a lot of things, uh, or excuse me, really horizontally. He doesn't go deep well. Uh, He runs well, but he doesn't track the ball well. But horizontally, he's a real threat, and that's where he beat the Chargers. And so I think there's probably a view that this Chiefs offense will be as good or better now that Hardman's settled into the offense after coming over midseason, back in the mix, uh, they know how to use him. They can uh, play to his strengths, and hopefully they've eliminated the guys that they've been trying to get up to speed that just weren't getting the job done at that wide receiver spot. Well, that's been the story, how bad the wide receivers have been in their number one in drops. Is the defense good enough then? And they only give up 17 points per game, but good because if they win, they're probably going to Buffalo. So is it good enough to overcome this offense, which I can't believe I'm saying, even though they have my homes, right. but is it good enough to overcome this offense and make a deep uh, postseason run? The answer is no. Uh, This is the best defense that the Chiefs have had in the Patrick Mahomes era, and it's the worst record they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era. And I think it speaks to the reality of the modern NFL. There are times that you have to be able to score, and the Chiefs haven't been able to do it. They always could count on the fact that if it was late in the first half, if it was late in the game, especially when you employ fourth down, Mahomes would go get you points. 51 seconds and one timeout, that's a field goal in your pocket, and maybe seven. Not anymore. Not with this team. And so we've seen them play great defense. We've seen the defense hold the opposition to 17 points, 20 points where the, the, there was a pick six and the offense gave them another short field where they really, the defense was on the hook for three or six points. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they still needed points from the offense and they couldn't get it. So, you know, I, I think Chiefs fans would love to tell you, yes, reality of the modern NFL is no, the defense can only hold up for so long that the offense is going to have to step up and play better if they're going to make any run. Which team in the AFC has the best chance to go to Baltimore and win? Probably the Buffalo Bills, a, a day that, that Josh Allen, you know, you get good Josh Allen, non-turnover Josh Allen. I, I related him to Brett Favre. I mean, yep. Patrick Mahomes, people wanted to say, was Brett Favre. Josh Allen's Brett Favre. If Josh Allen's on, 
they're the they're the biggest threat. But listen, the, the Chiefs have the ability to do it. Uh, don't get me wrong. And I'm going to tell you that Baltimore's worst nightmare is seeing red and gold roll into that stadium. They've had a lot of bad mm-hmm. losses to the Kansas City Chiefs. And so I think there will be a mental hurdle that the Baltimore Ravens would have to get over early in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs because of how many times the Chiefs have laid them to waste. Hadn't been in the postseason, but they just haven't really been able to get by Mahomes. I think they got him once, but I think they're one and four. Lamar against uh, Patrick Mahomes, something in that neighborhood. So, yeah, Baltimore's got the best chance, but I don't think the Ravens – I think the Ravens would probably rather see uh, Buffalo than the Chiefs because of the uh, history they've had with the Chiefs. Do you have Flacco fever? Are you buying into the Browns? I am not. I am not at all. Um, I, listen, I, I, I like. Am, do I like the Browns as a team? Yes, but eight interceptions in five games. I think people need to settle down about how well Joe Flacco is playing. There's been a lot of interceptable balls that have also been dropped. So look, Flacco is the guy to start for them. He's their best quarterback. But let's stop acting like Joe Flacco is going to carry a team. It's going to be the rest of that team that has to get it done. They're going to need to run the football. They're going to need to play great on defense because Joe Flacco needs to be put in a position to manage the game and not win it. Yeah. I mean, how good overall is it next week if we get Chiefs at the Bills? Uh, I think that's, that's uh, will be one of the highest-rated playoff games in NFL history. It'll have to be. That would, that would absolutely be the nuts for the NFL. Now, explain this. We have like a minute left. It's not going to be a controversy in Kansas City because uh, the game's going to be on the NBC affiliate, correct, and not just Peacock? Right, it'll be on, uh, yeah, uh, what is it, uh, Action or 41? I don't know what that one is. 41, K- NBC local affiliate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Big. big. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll be scrambling yeah. to see if we can find it out here yeah, but, and but elsewhere. It, it, would be, it would be lose your mind, you know, storm, especially when the Chiefs and Royals are trying to get a new stadium uh, passed right here. It, it would not be a smart play for the NFL to help the, to do that. And, and they're not doing it. So, But, yes, it, it would be Armageddon in Kansas City. No kidding. You can follow Seren on Twitter. He is at Seren Petro. Great stuff as always, my man. Thank you. Guys, always my pleasure. Thanks for having Great me. Great job. There you go. Someone he, not buying the fever, finally. How, how about, about that? that? Yeah. It's, this is going to be ugly. I mean, the older demographic is going to lose their minds this week. The, if they're not aware of it, they, they, these old guys are going to have to try to find Peacock. And what? What? The game's not on TV? What? Think about how long it's just going to take to register. Wouldn't you tell them that? I know. Where's the games, kid? What? What's it's not Pe- on? What's Peacock? What's, right. What, what does peacock? that mean? Okay, what to watch for next season with teams that won five or fewer games coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You'll get lost in the menu. Ridiculous amount of props and more are coming. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code VEGAS. The crown is yours. We talk about this every year, usually in the summer. But it usually and it happens every year. And Bill Barnwell is always on top of this from ESPN. On average, one in four teams that have five or fewer wins have a winning record the next year. The last two years, it's happened six times. Two years ago, the Jags, Lions, and Giants did it. Last year, excuse me, this year, it was the Rams, Colts, and Texans. One in four. After winning five or fewer games, post a winning record the next year. So again, it's been three the last two years. Your candidates next year are New England, the Chargers, Arizona, Carolina, and Washington. I think everyone's going to pick the Chargers. Yes. Certainly we'll see what they do with the head coaching position, but whoever it is, if it's you, it's an upgrade. That's going to be the most common pick without any question. Um, I can't get there with the Commanders. No. I mean, not yet anyway. No. We'll have to see what the offseason's well, going to be like. Although the one thing going for him is no one, 2004, the last repeat champ. So does Dallas fall off? Is there an injury? Philadelphia appears to be a mess. Giants making big changes. I have to say Tyrod Taylor is better than Danny Dimes. At least he played better this year. Uh, but that would be, you know, is it Belichick? Who's the quarterback? Too many question marks, but right. I mean, if it's they br- not impossible. If they bring in the right coach, I don't know. Could that coach be Eric Bieniemy? Is he going to get the gig? That's possible. Uh, if they strike out on people, maybe. It's... Like, what would that offense look like with Eric Bieniemy as the head coach and Caleb Williams as the number one pick on Washington if they decided uh-huh. to trade up for it? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a fun offense, and even in Caleb's first year. And Sam Howell was awesome. Uh, awful, excuse me, was awful. He was awesome and awful at the uh, same well, time. Yeah, right, right. As, uh, he had so moments, many inter- but, but can you protect someone, too? I mean, well, that's, most sack quarterback and most interceptions. Recipe for disaster. That's the thing, right? They have, It's not just the quarterback problem there in Washington. Uh-huh. It's okay. a lot of things. It's, okay. the, the defense was absolutely horrendous. Now how about this? We talked about it yesterday. What if Harrison falls to Arizona? Probably, probably will happen. We could go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback to start the draft, assuming there's no trades. Maybe that still happens if there are trades. Sure. But if they can grab Harrison, they didn't try to win this year, but you saw the record once Murray got in there. I love McBride. I love Connor. Now I get Harrison. Hollywood Brown's got to pull his head out of his ass. But that could be if they fix the defense. Well, that part's probably easier said than done. But it's they, a tough division. They right? do have but, another pick in the first round. Yeah. Courtesy of the trade with the Texans last year. Um, what's their win total, you think, next season? It was four and a half this year. Six and a half? I had I had my number around six and a half, okay. maybe seven, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what the Rams were. So it's doable. In that range, right? I mean, do you think the Seahawks are going to be good next year? <sighs> Probably 500 again. Maybe in that range? Yeah. I think the Cardinals can maybe be even better than them. Depends on, again, if they have a decent offseason. Uh, Murray was good, man, when he came back. I know I was Mr. Negative against that guy, and one of the reasons why I faded Arizona in many markets this year, but uh, Kyler Murray came back, and he was playing really, really well. For that team that did not have a lot to work with, by the way. But you're right, McBride's awesome. How about James Conner down the stretch? Yeah. The guy had a B12 shot yeah. for the final two months of the season. Running angry. Carolinas totally draw a line through them. I'd, I mean, that's just... I, they're in a bad division. But this is... It's just kid cannot play. Bryce Young cannot play. And that's what can happen when you give up a lot of picks, by the way, short term, to go up to number one. That's why, like, if Washington were to do that... If the Patriots were to do that, 
you're going to give up a ton of draft capital probably this year and next year. And it's like, well, you better hit it out of the park with like the third, fourth, fifth round picks and also maybe make a couple of key moves in free agency on top of it. They are, uh, they're, they could get into Clipper territory. They really could because you have this eccentric lunatic owner who has no patience and then they whiffed on the pick, but they're still pot committed and have to play them. The Miles Sanders contracts is the da- disaster. Yeah, he, can't yeah. get a, he couldn't get on the field. Thielen's your number one option, which yeah, you can't get him the ball. I mean, it's who wants the job? Who wants to work for this guy? He's throwing drinks on people. I mean, it's, you know, you go back. I mean, I see the similarities. I mean, it's just the terms of just being a wacko, right? And it's, well, I, I was successful in what I've done, and I'm worth $20 billion. I can do what I want. You know, it was exactly like that. Donald Sterling. I mean, he, he was treating the athletes like they were racehorses, coming and touching their bodies and, ooh, look at this. I mean, come, how, they, how he was treating these athletes and what he – just so crazy what this guy was doing sure. uh, in some of the Sterling stories. How do you get shut out back-to-back games in the NFL? How do you not have the lead – run one, one play with the lead the whole year yeah. in the fourth quarter? And Impossible, I don't, right? Maybe this year wasn't even rock bottom for the organization. Maybe well, that's – yeah. Up ahead in in the near future. And by the way, what kind of a sign is that for Green Bay against Dallas this weekend? When Bryce Young played by far his best game and they scored 30 That's points and he barely won the game. And now you get to go to Dallas, play on turf in the stadium and see, oh, C.D. Well, Lamb will have an answer for him. Dak Prescott will slow him down. Sure you will. And on the front end, what what Baker Mayfield did to you? Is That's it, another he, example. He, he didn't close well either. Two, two players in the history of Lambeau Field, from what I heard yesterday, had a perfect rating there. Aaron Rodgers... Baker Mayfield. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, sure. Right. He's hurt, and uh, it was a 9 nothing game. So, And the Patriots have a lot of work to be done. A lot of work. Uh, who's, the, who's the coach? They're, they have no players on offense. Who's their best weapon? Hunter Henry? Stevenson went healthy? Probably Stevenson There are healthy. no players there offensively, and they don't have a quarterback who can play. So they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Will it be May? Who's the coach? So many question marks with New England. And I know it's Rodgers is coming back now. Miami's going to improve and be healthy. And then you have the Bills. So, again, you're going to finish in last place. That's I can't see how they get how they even come close to a winning record. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the, the draft is going to have to go, well, one, two, certainly, quarterback, quarterback. And there's already a ton of steam on Jaden Daniels to go number that three. Could, it could be him, right? Or go higher than Drake May. I've seen both. Mm-hmm. So a team... Like the Chargers picking at number five. They don't need a quarterback. They had an awful season. I think they were probably assuming that at number five, they're going to be telling themselves, well, we're gonna, teams are going to want a quarterback here. So we're going to be in a perfect spot to trade back in the draft and then maybe get a bunch of other picks. I don't know if they're going to be in that spot anymore because Daniels might go ahead of them. Well, and then what happens at, at seven and eight? Tennessee and Atlanta, do uh-huh. they move up to take somebody? Which I guess Tennessee's going to give Will Levis a shot, but well, how high do you got to dra- get up though? Yeah, again, you're going to probably yeah, yeah. you might have to go top three by the time the right. draft gets here. Well, or, or you just st- you stand pat and you try to grab a Fields or somebody like that if he's available and do so. Who knows what what happens with Russell Wilson? Which I don't love the guy, but his stats were pretty good. But imagine what Atlanta could look like with with Russell Wilson because it's such a big upgrade for. I don't hate that spot and and Ritter. I don't hate it. Would you take? I brought this up yesterday. I did a radio spot here locally. Would you take Russell Wilson if you're the Raiders? No. I wouldn't do that. They're picking 13th. He's clearly an upgrade over AOC or Jimmy Garoppolo. They're a quarterback away. That team is good. I can't believe I'm saying that. Or maybe they overachieved this year. uh, I'd rather have Fields. Um, Uh, I'd I'd rather have Jake Browning. Why can't uh, I have Jake Browning? Uh, I wouldn't. Did the girlfriend come with? Why not? Why can't I have Jake Browning? You're Did not you, sold? Did well, you say in the weapons? It's such a very small sample size. Well, I mean, okay. Russell Wilson was... People at, have made mistakes before. Matt Flynn comes to mind. Huh? Yeah. But that's... Uh, I, I, I would rather have Browning, though, with some of these other guys. Wilson, you know how it's going to end. He's just... He's, he had, here's the thing. The like, numbers were good, but still. The uh, numbers were fine. Absolutely, yeah. they were. But it's a lot of it was dink and dunk. And, you know, Judy not being able to catch the ball happened to catch also hurt him. How, uh, well, there, there's yeah. always a surprise, right? And we just saw this what happened in Tennessee. Are we sure Dennis Allen is safe? Well, they said so. This story is so weird from Sunday. Jameis Winston comes in and 
maybe it was ticked off because they just brought him in to take a knee. Allen said, take a knee after the interception. Matthew should have housed it. He's turning around looking. Here's Winston explaining why they decided to get Jamal Williams a touchdown and run it up against Atlanta. Because the play was was victory, yeah. uh, but I also explained to Da that it was a team decision, yeah. and uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from Da's perspective, so I I, I give him that. Yeah. Yeah, but Da didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. so if 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 we would have scored. Would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, right. so uh, Tyron wasn't in on it, was he? No, Tyron was not, not in there. <laughs> no, uh, like it was it was a, it was an I offensive mean, team I mean, discussion. Stop, stop uh, however, well, how about that? We overruled the head coach. Yeah. It was a team decision. Team decision to yeah. punch it in and get Jamal Williams a touchdown. I don't that think. Is, and, then, and then Dennis Allen had to apologize. There's no, nice. don't even apologize. Yeah, don't do that. Arthur Smith can go pound sand. That's right. Up next, Richard Roper is going to join the program. We'll discuss betting on the Emmys this weekend and looking down the road at the Academy Awards coming up next here on Decent. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.